Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Chrono Katie and Rebecca Stone. How's it going, both of you? Hi! Doing okay. Doing okay, yeah. you. <laughs> Doing fine. And uh, how about you, Rebecca? Doing great over here. Really busy, but good kind of busy. That's good to hear. Busy, like when it comes to business, people always say busy is good, so... Um, I just take that as like truth, but I never know. Sometimes you, like maybe busy could be bad because you know you hear some... sometimes stressful busy. Yeah, but like... all good things in the end. Oh yeah, very true. Very true. Um, we are here today because uh, eventually we're going to get to talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus um, because we've been putting a bunch of time into it. Before we get to that, I need to talk to Katie really quick because I've been following your social media the last like few weeks very closely because you've been tweeting a lot about Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, <laughs> I know that yeah. has nothing to do with Nintendo, but <laughs> Easy Allies uh, followers would know I'm very big into Final Fantasy XIV as well. And I just want to know, like, it seems like you're really enjoying it. I'm just curious, like, how your kind of, like, experience, top level experience has been with this so far and what, what has drawn you into it so much. So I actually, I started playing it before even Heavensward came out. Oh, like, wow, I actually, yeah. Like, yeah, I forced some of my friends to play it because I was like, <laughs> no, this will be great. We'll play we'll play an MMO together. It's I'm, like I had played WoW back in the day. So I was like, I moved on from that. So I was like, this is going to be awesome. And ironically, they were the ones who got super into it. And I fell off. And I would continuously come back to 14 over and over. And I'm just, I like it, but I'm not super feeling it. Until finally around like Shadowbringers, first I fell in love with the story. So that helped a lot because because my friend was like, the story got so much better. You got to come back. And then finally, on an Endwalker, like I was like, OK, this is my chance. New expansion, like really going in fresh. Perfect time. I got into the I tried one more time and I'm finally like feeling that like hook, like like as someone who's played MMOs before, you kind of know, you know, when you're like like fully into it. And and finally it happened, mainly mainly because like I went and did, I went and looked up like a bunch of things you can do in the game. Cause I don't, I love the game, but I don't think it's like amazing at explaining all of these like options you mm -hmm. have available in it. Um, there's like some tutorials, but it's not super great. Um, so I just went on like a YouTube binge of like, of like videos of like, what can you do in 14? I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And started doing them. And now I'm like completely hooked. And I mainly play for, the, the glamour because I love the, the glamour so much. I mean that's the end game, right? It's really it's really just about making good outfits at the end of the, at the end of the day. <laughs> yes, glamour is a true end game. That is the uh, the saying in uh, fourteen as well as other games. Um, I'm really glad to hear you're enjoying it. It's very interesting to hear that you kind of like walked away a few like at least once and came back to it. Um, because it seems to be a lot of story for a lot of players. Um, in fact, I just watched. Uh, uh, Joe Cat's video about their experience with the game. This 40 minute video about like why it's basically like it took 300 hours, 300 hours for me to understand why I like playing Final Fantasy 14. And it's a really good video because the first part starts off with all the usual negative stuff. Like mm -hmm. they, they tried to have Realm Reborn, they tried a 14 day free trial back in the day. They basically like, this is the same as any other MMO. What are, what are people talking about? It's this fetch quest running around the doing the same thing. same thing. The gameplay yeah. is slower than WoW. And then they like, oh, everyone told me Heaven's Ward was going to be so great. And then I played it and like, it's still the same thing. And like, but they also started to realize that the, the crux of their video, they get, I don't want to spoil too much of it. You should go check it out. Is that 
they learned that, that while there is, it's not right to say there's a wrong way to play a game, with 14, there is a kind of like understanding you need to come to when playing it that if you are playing it to for the narrative, the game is designed narratively like TV or, or like a movie series where it's a slow burn in terms of like, think of your favorite shows that are like really story driven. So many of the scenes are characters interacting with each other, not really doing anything. They're, they're, they're building world building and character building. And that's what 14 is doing in video game form. And they said once they understood the rules of what 14 was playing by and actually started to pay attention because they, they admitted they were skipping a lot of like the story and cutscenes because a lot of the early stuff was training them that this is kind of boring. I'm just going to, I want to get to the good stuff. Anyway, it's a really good conclusion they draw. And I think it's a very good video to watch if you have reservations about jumping in for, 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 that, for sure. That's definitely true. A lot of it is like, long setup and payoff like like you're right it's totally a slow burn like there are so many like moments that are set up in earlier expansions that then like really pay off in the later expansions that really kind of blow your mind at times it, so yeah. yeah it's it, it's an it's an investment for sure more more so than most uh mmos yeah let me ask you this, Rebecca. Have you ever tried 14 or had any interest in trying it or no? <laughs> it's okay. I haven't. I've seen some people play. Um, I I haven't dived into any of the Final Fantasy stuff yet. That's something Ooh, that I okay. want to get to someday. I'm <laughs> yes. totally clueless as of right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say maybe don't jump into 14 for your first one for sure. But, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> you're going to get so many different answers, though, for what is the best like Final Fantasy game to jump in like just go where your heart tells you like even if it's just like as much as it looks cool like just mm -hmm. just go with that because the strength of Final Fantasy as a series is they're they're so varied and different yes. um, each game is so yeah. unique from each other that there's very likely going to be one that's going to like steal your heart and be like oh I, I really love this game so for everyone it's different for me like the 2D ones like I love 4 the most and a lot of people mm. seem to love 6 the most or the old ones but like I'll probably one. start with it's six or three for S Super yeah. Nintendo, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Pixel Remaster is supposed to be coming out supposedly this yeah, month. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That would yeah. be a great time because yeah. the, the four version of it was amazing, Rebecca. Yeah. And there's even rumors supposedly that some event this month, maybe a Nintendo Direct, that the console Pixel Remaster collection is going to be announced as well. That all of them are coming hey. finally to console. So that would be perfect. Yeah, perfect time to jump in, but uh. Yeah, uh, Katie, I'm really glad you're enjoying it. And uh, yeah, if you ever want someone to talk about, but I mean, part of the thing is I don't, I love people just ex, ex, uh, discovering it on their own for the first time. Mm -hmm. I feel like it, the, 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 the desire for veterans is to like, their initial reaction is like, I want to tell you so much, but it's like, don't want to like bombard people with too much stuff and let them like naturally experience the the game and the joys whether in, in you know but like watching reactions to first time events is like one of the best thing for like 14 veterans absolutely yeah i would say it's got for me the best story of any final fantasy game and that's high praise but it's really good <laughs> see this will be good good rebecca because you'll play the the, the regular games and be one of them or multiple of them are going to blow you away and then you're going to if you ever play 14 someday, you'll be like, wow, this is even better. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and the, the one thing I will say, if you're considering playing 14, like I say this all the time, the best advice is it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. The game mm -hmm. is designed in a way that you can play like each new content update for story for like a few hours it takes to play it or each expansion, treat it like a new game release and then move on. 
Like you don't have to stay right. sub. You can unsub. You can walk away for months, even a year, and come back. And the game treats your time with respect. I feel like I like that. Yeah, yeah. and it's a very nice thing about it. But obviously, if you want to go into the deep end, there's a ton of stuff to do because it is an MMO. But man, and if you, as you said, if you like fashion and glamour, man, they have like fashion-related events in that game. There's a, there's a weekly thing where they judge you on your fashion. You got to figure out what to dress up as to impress the the fashion designers. So. Well, now I can see why Katie likes it so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're an expert at that. Ironically, I like I find that really difficult. To part. <laughs> that part's tough in the game, but yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we will see if uh, the more of those Final Fantasies come to uh, to consoles, those pixel remasters. Hopefully, with that uh, sometime, maybe this month, <laughs> direct Nintendo Direct, anytime now. But uh, switching to a quick headline from this week because it's kind of revisiting a topic we talked about on the last episode of Friend Code in depth. Um, there's a bunch of just industry, industry news about mergers and acquisitions. A few weeks ago we had, it feels like a few weeks ago, I hope it was, it was two weeks ago at this point, uh, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard and then on the heels of that, Sony acquires Bungie. And it finally, uh, Nintendo had their quarterly report meeting where investors were asked President uh, Furukawa about What's what's your guy? What do you, what's Nintendo gonna do about this? Like, what's your stance on mergers and acquisitions? And um, basically, the two most important parts were: we're not gonna get into a race like with like Microsoft. That's not what we're about. And two, anyone we'd bring into the Nintendo family kind of has said that what he, he called Nintendo DNA it would have to make sense to 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 work within that company. And since we already talked about death, I'm just kind of curious. Like, do you, do you think Nintendo is fine as is? Like, with their strength of their first party lineup, that they really don't ever need to go out and try and be uh, trying to acquire big companies like Microsoft and Sony are doing? Or do you think maybe they do maybe need to consider that? I mean, there have been instances where Nintendo has done it. Historically, it doesn't really seem to be their thing. There have been companies that it almost felt like they should have acquired in the past and then didn't and then they went elsewhere one that comes to mind is rare back mm -hmm. in what 20 25 years ago um where that seems like it would be it would have been a company that fit the nintendo feel and what you know what aligns with their values but they didn't uh, i think that they have a really good relationship with a lot of companies and they don't need to acquire them to work well with them it doesn't seem like it it's yeah. what they need to do. That, that's very fair. Yeah, I would agree. I, and I think the sales probably speak for themselves right now. So they're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they're doing very, they're doing well. And those relationships already exist. I think, in fact, Rebecca, that's you. You hit it like on the head, on the, the, the head up. I got that completely wrong. <laughs> you nailed it there. Um, they generally like to form partnerships where the, the, the like even with like smash brothers with bandai namco being the developer like with sakurai you know overseeing it mm -hmm. essentially or recently with mercury steam doing metroid dread the, the, that's the type of stuff they do um even next level games for luigi's mansion that acquisition was pretty much only out of necessity because they they made themselves public they went they offered themselves up to see if they could be bought and nintendo deemed that okay we need to that's the moment we need to act on that whereas this i see a lot of people nowadays saying that ips would make more sense for nintendo than outright buying companies they feel like some properties would just be better aligned with nintendo that no single company of these big ones like like people bring up capcom we brought up sega a lot last week or like last episode 
And even those companies, they have like issues. Like Sega has Creative Assembly and a whole PC development. And that, like, how would that fit in with Nintendo whatsoever? Right. But I mean, is there, there's, let me ask, like, did not get too in depth here because we were talking about, let me just ask you a funny question. Is there any company that if Nintendo bought, it would like make you super excited or it would absolutely be like, no, because you like, like playing them on other consoles for other reasons, like whether it's like visual fidelity or just like whatever. Is there any, any, any one that you'd be like, oh man, that makes perfect sense or man, that would be the worst idea for them? I, I feel like the, company i feel like i'm not a huge fan of like the company acquisitions in general mm -hmm. and i feel like all of the stuff that i like from nintendo like of a company that they could likely like purchase they're just gonna make them keep making them for nintendo anyway like you know retro studios for example or something like that um i don't know that's how i feel about it but I feel the same way. I think yeah. there's a lot of them that make sense. You're right, Retro Studios make sense. Do they... I, I don't like the idea of it either. I don't like the idea of every little company being bought up left and right. There's no need for it. I, I don't mm -hmm. think it's a pro-consumer concept <laughs> in any way, in any sense of the world. There are some where it's like, okay, if a company could buy them and give them resources to develop more games, better games, sure. But you don't need to acquire the, the company to do that. Nintendo gave Mercury Steam resources to develop Metroid Dread. Did they need to buy them outright to do that? No. Yeah. I, I like both of your takes, actually. This wasn't brought up enough on the last episode. But, I mean, the sentiment, I think, is shared by a lot of people, especially here at the uh, Easy Allies. Like, I'm, I'm Michael Huber, every time he hears about this, like, he just, it, like, his, he dies a little on the inside. Like... It sucks. Like this. Like it's not good to see all these studios getting bought up, and like everyone keeps suggesting, well, Sony should buy like Capcom or so and so. Like should buy Square Enix. I'm like, that would kind of <laughs> unless they leave them alone. That's gonna. That's probably gonna suck at some yeah. point, right? Like yeah. they never go Capcom that doesn't well. Doesn't need the finances yeah. or resources that Sony can provide to create good games. Mm-hmm. They. They. Yeah. People think that like magically, like oh, Sony bought Capcom. That means like. I can get that random game that they haven't made for years or whatever. It'll just magically come back. And it's like, no. I understand it it's a possibility, but not really. It's like, yeah. you're probably just going to see a lot more Resident Evil and Monster uh -huh. Hunter and like mm -hmm. nonstop of that or something. Who knows? And yeah, like similarly from like Nintendo, like, it, yeah, like they like to form these partnerships. And I think they, no matter, the, the last thing I was going to bring up is like the, the, the horror, the, 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 the terrible situation of like, all these big companies started gobbling each other up and there was no one left for Nintendo to work with per se. Like they all made them exclusive. Like I don't ever see that happening, but Nintendo, I feel like Nintendo would just find a way to like find new studios and work with them. A lot of, one of their biggest strengths still is their relationship with indie companies. Like they, 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 the switch has allowed a lot of those titles to thrive. Um, and even during the Wii U, when it was struggling with traditional third-party support, that was one of their biggest initiatives. It dates back to the Wii with the WiiWare stuff. They were they were really pushing hard, and they kind of stuck to that. And while it's not the perfect platform, I think I, I feel like they always people always say like Nintendo's just like the first-party platform. Like it is, but also like it's a very strong platform for indies. And we see on the Switch, indie games seem to sell the best on there, even when they're multi-platform, which is like great you know it, it had, it's one of its strengths they can leverage and if everyone's gonna buy everyone up nintendo's just like you know what indies a lot of indies don't even want to be bought they're not for sale they're like we like we value your independence so i don't yeah. see a shortage of indie developers anytime soon uh, yeah i think like for all their faults there's something to be said about like nintendo and their like 
you know, respect for artistic integrity and like, you know, the, the, the little developer that could, and like, they, they, they like, they have a lot of respect for like just gaming in general and the like artistic side kind of, of gaming. And they like, you know, they would leave a company alone to kind of like follow its own artistic merit, if that makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think I agree with that approach. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Nintendo does just fine with their first party Indies and third parties could go away, and Nintendo would still just be fine putting out all of their first-party games. If Nintendo's the ice cream and Indies are, like, the whipped cream, it does great on the ice cream, and then any other third parties is, is the cherry on top. Like, they still have a good relationship with Microsoft. We're still seeing things mm -hmm. like Cuphead and Ori on the Switch, and those do, those do just great on the Switch. But are they needed? No, but they still have a working relationship with them. That's a very good analogy and a fair point too. Like, I, I hope people understand like the two things: the strength of Nintendo's first-party IP, like it is unmatched. Like, we're not. It's not like I know this is a Nintendo Nintendo podcast, but like the numbers kind of <laughs> back it up. Sony is pretty close. They have a lot of strong first-party IPs, do. But like Nintendo historically and through Switch, it just, it just doesn't even come close with that. Um, and and two, I see a lot of people. We even dabbled into last episode about like the, from the hardware side. Um, Nintendo's console hardware has been hit or miss, but Switch is a hybrid, and it looks like there's no indication they're going to break from that, even with the supposed Switch successor. It seems like this is the solution going forward. Nintendo has absolutely killed it. They are the king when it comes to handheld gaming-specific devices, dating back to the Game Boy. Like, Switch was technically not only a successor to Wii U, but a successor to 3DS. And 3DS was a very good, like, sold very well. Everyone's like, oh, it didn't sell much as DS. Well, DS was a giant. It's right up there next to the PS2. It's, like, virtually tied for, like, the best-selling mm -hmm. piece of hardware. So, and, like, Switch is probably going to chase that. It just broke $103 million, surpassing Wii and PS1. It's uh, And they said it's in the middle of their its life cycle still. It's definitely going to catch up to that, if not surpass that. So... You're very much both right, especially, and especially you, Rebecca, about like the first party strength. And like the last thing I will say, sorry I'm going so long here with this, is that who's to say Nintendo can't bolster their own ranks and hire more talent to bring in and make their own new studio? Like it was like they need to hire other people, like or bring in other studios. Like they just make their own new studios, like their own yeah. R and D development <laughs> teams. Like yeah. this is what other yeah, like that's all they do. <laughs> like they've already been like you know they've hiring talent for stuff like uh, the, it's always a joy to see those Monolith Soft postings for those new for the their games their game listings. Like they are clearly expanding and growing. And if it ever came to that, I have confidence that they would just expand. I, I, I know there are people who have these pipe dreams, but like <laughs> the reality is like those will probably never happen when it comes to Nintendo. So those dream acquisitions, I feel like, especially now that I've had more time to think about it since the last episode, it just doesn't seem like that's how it will pan out. And that's not Nintendo's MO, like as much mm -hmm. as we don't want it to be. But one thing about that first party IP, even though it's not really a first party, but it is a game that is exclusive to Nintendo platforms, the Pokemon series. And the reason we are mostly here today is because... Pokemon Legends Arceus came out just recently, the end of January, January 28th here in North America. Um, it has been out for just over a week now, and it is the sold, second fastest selling Switch game. Sold 6.5 million copies worldwide so far. So it's safe to assume people, if, even if they're not liking it, they were very interested in this game. 
And are you really st that surprised by the kind of the reaction that this, this game has had so far, given its concept? No. Nope. I wasn't surprised <laughs> to see that it would sell well. I'm surprised at the positive reception, I think, in our bubble of okay. more, I guess, not casual consumers. <laughs> Yeah, this is like the first time in a while where it's selling well and being received incredibly well. <laughs> yeah, there isn't that like weird, uh, some people are liking it. And then there's like another very vocal group like, this is like terrible. Like, you don't mm -hmm. like for whatever reasons, like you missed it this time, Game Freak or whoever was working on it. Like uh, with a uh, Pokemon Diamond uh, Shining, uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. I mean, it was actually a different developer than Game Freak for that one. But I mean... You know, that one's getting accused of being buggy. You handle fiasco with Sword and Shield that we don't really need to get into. And it's like, just, but, but general, the, the consensus has been, even if you're enjoying these games, they just haven't really changed that much. And then you get Legends for, for since its announcement, it has been clearly marketed as this different direction for Pokemon games. The time you have put into this, how are you enjoying this? And is this something you like? Is something you want to see more of? And uh, you know, is, is it is, is it living up to the, kind of like your expectations? I guess. For me, I went into this not all that excited at all. I think I was very oh, really? confused by the marketing. The marketing every time I watched a trailer, I was like, okay, well that's cool, but what am I really doing? I didn't really understand it. Besides like little bits of what they showed with the catching and whatnot. I didn't start getting excited about it until it started leaking and I kind of <laughs> <laughs> dove into what people were posting and watching some gameplay of it. And I'm like, okay, like, this actually looks really fun. Um, I haven't beat it yet. Um, I've put in maybe 20 hours or so, so far, but I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. I don't think it's a perfect game by any means, but I like a lot of what I've done so far. I like the gameplay loop. We can talk about, you know, the strengths and weaknesses, but I definitely like it a lot more than I thought I initially would. Yeah, I um I'm I was kind of in the same boat. I was excited, but but for me, the world looked really empty from like all the previews. I was like, oh no, it's another open world with like nothing to do in it. I'm like, is this just going to be catching Pokemon over and over? Is that all I'm going to be doing? And it kind of, the answer to both of those questions is kind of yes. The world is like actually very empty and that is all you do, but I love it. I absolutely love it. It's like, I, it's my favorite Pokemon game in a very, very long time. Probably since like Soul Silver, you know? Wow. That's yeah. That, that, yeah. No, you, you did. Okay. So you mentioned the gameplay loop, Rebecca. And I think it's a good, it's a good thing to talk about. And, um, the, the structure of this game it is it is different from other game from the other Pokemon mainline games you do not gather Pokemon to go battle a gym leader to get a badge and and then go down another route to go to your next town and find the next gym leader the structure is you go into each zone to fill out your pokedex which gives you these research objectives and as you fulfill those you earn it's basically monster hunter you earn like rank points and then each time you hit a threshold you rank up which grants you a star which allows you to go to a new zone and explore more pokemon and i guess like let's start with the pokedex the structure of the pokedex how it's changed and how it's tied to the game now about researching and actually interacting with pokemon like are you enjoying that is that something you you, you find rewarding so far or is there are there, there any faults with it you're finding that you wish they would have done differently 
I think it's streamlined enough that I... It works. When at first I saw, okay, like, you're gonna have to catch 25 of a Pokemon to fill out a dex, I was like, what? Like, this yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. But it's... The game doesn't waste your time at all. You can find so many Pokemon. It is so streamlined to be able to just catch 25 of them without even realizing that I did that. But you don't have to do that part of it if you don't want to. It feels like there's different ways to fill out the Pokedex in a way that works for you. So if you prefer the battling, there are some research tests in the Pokedex that says, okay, well, defeat the Pokemon 10 times. If you want to just throw berries at it and feed it, like there's different ways that you can get all 10 or whatever it is objectives that you need to complete that page. Uh, so you can do it in different ways if you want to. And I think that part of it works. It gives you a little bit more freedom to do the things that you enjoy doing. Yeah. I, you kind of do it like as you're going anyway, like you, you, you can mm -hmm. play like kind of how you want and the Pokedex just kind of gets filled as you go. Like I was yeah. never, I was never blocked off from a new region and I was just playing at my own pace the whole game. Like I never really went out of my way to like, okay, I'm gonna look at the decks and see like, I need this many more. So like sometimes I do it like for a side quest, like if I had to, but other than that, like I never did that ever once. That's a good um, point. I don't think I've ever opened up a page and said, okay, to complete this, I'm gonna do this, this and that. You're right, I just do it naturally. And I was worried it would do that. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's not, you kind of just do it as you go. The game is, I think, like you said, it's streamlined enough where you, you're never really, you're probably never going to be blocked off. It's probably never going to tell you, no, you can't go to this next region in the story, go catch a Wurmple 10 more times, you know, or something like that. It mm. never happened for me at least. And I'm not like as catch heavy as some of the other people I've seen, like on the internet, like I catch like. The ones like I like I yeah. catch like the new ones I see, but I don't like go crazy with it. And I played like that the whole game and never had a problem. So I was very happy about that. So I I really only want to comment when I think I have a slightly different experience here, because um, just this full disclosure, um, this past episode of another show we do called Frame Trap. Um, we talked at length about our experience with Pokemon Legends Arceus. So I kind of gave like my overview, but um, so I kind of want to get more of your two's impressions. Like, so I'm trying to talk a little bit less during this segment for our listeners and viewers. The one thing I will say is in the, to access the third and fourth regions, I absolutely was behind on my research points and had to go back into the, the current area. And it did feel kind of, for me, it felt a little grindy for me at that point because two reasons. One, I felt like I was trying to fight or catch everything I could along my way, but they give you a mount so early in this game that mm -hmm. I'm like, what's to stop me from like just riding over to my objective and like just talking to that person and proceeding with the, the crit path stuff? I'm like kind of curious and I was enjoying it. I was having a really good time and occasionally, oh, this area looks interesting. I'm going to stop. So I was playing it at my own pace, but I still encounter, I started to encounter that with re accessing region three. So maybe I wasn't spending mm -hmm. as much time in there. The other part of it that wasn't adding up to me that I thought would account for it, but it's not, this is more a design complaint for me, is uh, those side quests. They're, they do give you a lot of side quests, but they're basically boiled down to fetch me this amount of stuff, capture this Pokemon, or complete a Pokedex entry for this Pokemon. But they don't always factor, well, while doing that does earn you the points towards ranking up, completing it doesn't necessarily give you points to rank up. It gives you a different type of reward as well. So I'm used to that like gameplay loop of side quests contributing to your progression. 
and the act, the act the journey was but not enough i think to compensate for maybe me not doing as much in there so anyway i did run into those issues and maybe that's like maybe this is the unique experience to me and it was something that was starting to turn me off from the game i'm like why can't because they keep saying when you rank up, oh, it's easier to rank up. I'm like, I still feel like I'm spending about the same amount of time needing to rank up. And, man, I love these new areas. I'm about the exploration. Like, I know it's not an open world game, but, like, the illusion to me is it's kind of like that. It's more Monster Hunter, modern Monster Hunter with its zones than open world. But, man, like, I'm imagining if, what if Breath of the Wild told me in the next one, you can't go here till you're right. I'm like, ooh, that, 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 that's like that breaks on the exploration for me. And that's what I was enjoying so much about that uh, with Pokemon Legends. So it, I'm just bringing that up as like a difference of opinion there that like for me, it was starting about 10 hour mark. It was starting to become a little bit of an issue for me. I think your criticisms about the side quests are valid. I do feel a little bit let down if I go and do a fetch quest and then I get like four berries as a result. I think that they could have re refined that a little bit better if maybe instead of just paying some guy some money to expand my inventory, I could have done a quest to do that. I think that part could use some work. I feel like, yeah, you can just go straight to your objective and do that. and. I think if you do it that way, you're going to find yourself a little bit behind with the research. For me, I have a little bit of a different experience with that where I'm on my way to the objective and then six different things distract me on the way there that I am three hours later and I haven't gone and done it yet because I I was so distracted by this swarm that came up or, oh my gosh, this Pokemon that, you know... That has distracted me so i it's kind of like that breath of the wild feel for me where i get distracted on my way to do something and then i am like way you know off from from what i was originally doing mm -hmm. yeah i think that's like i think it comes down to how much you get out of like the pokemon series with that in general like if if you're one of those people who like oh every new pokemon is an event kind of then that is how you progress that way because like you're not going to gun it to the, at least for me, I, I would never gun it to the next objective just because I'd see a new Pokemon and then I'd see another new Pokemon and then I'd see another new, and that's the whole reason I was playing. So like, or when I got it in my mount, I'd be like, oh, I can now go over here, which I've never been at before. And then I'd find a completely new Pokemon and that feeling never got old for me. So I just... It just kept going and going and snowballing. Katie, I don't know if you had this experience, but I've never had this in a Pokemon game before where I come across a totally like boring Pokemon like Finneon or something that would not have excited me in a normal Pokemon game where I see it and I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, I need to catch that. Yeah, like something that some... I will never even use or care about. Yeah, when I play the main games, I'm like, I just stick to like my team. I barely catch anything, honestly, but like for some reason in this one uh, yeah everything like a bar boat should not <laughs> and i think because it makes it so moment. easy i can throw i can check a pokeball at it and like it, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do that and, and it's always a little bit different every time i feel your experience i mean sometimes it's samey but like you know different pokemons like different foods so you look at what food it likes and throw that food and let's say you're out of ultra balls. Well, you've got heavy balls, which are awesome because if you actually sneak up from behind them and you hit them from behind with a heavy ball, it's like a triple chance or something. And, or there's like a moment where you're like, do I battle this thing to catch it? Or do I just catch it? Like, are my Pokemon a little weak? Cause thankfully it's a harder Pokemon game 
than a lot than the ones we've seen recently and like if are my pokemon weak then i'll just catch it without and i think i might be wrong but i think the game rewards you more if you catch a pokemon an alpha pokemon without battling it you get like a larger rare candy which that's a good design choice in my opinion but and it's just so satisfying when you manage to do it like i i saw an alpha infernape and i was like you know what maybe if i maybe if, maybe i don't have to fight this thing so i throw a smoke ball to like sneak up from behind it and i check it's i scan it and it's got like the one arrow which means it's really hard to catch so i figure out what it likes it likes this food throw that food all of a sudden it increases to like three like arrows so then i throw a then i throw a heavy ball because i'm sneaking up behind it and i catch it without it and it was like the first time that happened i was like Oh, that's awesome. Because I'm yeah. not a person who's personally ever been super into the battling aspect okay. of Pokemon yeah. games. Um, and this is a game where you can, it's pretty valid to actually rarely battle if you want to. You only battle really if a Pokemon catches you. At least that's how I played. Like I rarely actually chose to battle. And I get by with am <laughs> the same way I feel like where I really like the collecting them all aspect of Pokemon. I have a living Dex in my Pokemon home or whatever it's called because I do like catching them all. Um, I, I do like the battling parts of it in, in, in some way, but you're right. I think when I'm given the choice between trying to find a creative way to catch this Pokemon versus battling it, I will choose the former almost every time. But there are multiple ways to approach it. Maybe mm -hmm. if you do like battling, maybe you lean into that a little bit more. And it, it um, it's interesting, I think, to see that not every way to approach it is the same because you're right some of them might act differently the the bird pokemon i think more they might be more likely to fly off you might need to be a little bit more stealthy to catch them whereas some of the pokemon like that infernate might be more aggressive so it might be harder to to catch it that way instead of battling and and um, so i think there's there's lots of ways to approach it even with battling it's like this is the one where I mind battling the least anyway, because they're so seamless. It's so... It's seamless, oh, and it's... they changed it up a little bit. I feel like it's... I want to talk about that if, if we can. Yeah, I was uh, actually going to ask you, since both of you were bringing up that you prefer your, your kind of play styles for the game, I was actually going to ask you, when you do battle, how are you enjoying the changes to the battle system? Because it's a... Uh, no, it's not so much, it's still turn-based, but you know, it's not the, uh, for people who aren't familiar, it's not just you go, they go anymore. It's got, like, you can bring up a menu that actually shows you the order of how, like, how your actions will impact it. It's kind of like uh, Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy uh, X, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that, yeah. exactly. It, yeah. It's really nice. Um, but yeah, how, how did you two enjoy the, the changes of the battle system? I think one reason why I don't traditionally like the battling Pokemon, not to say that I don't like it, but um, don't prefer it as much, is because after a while, it feels like you're spamming the same attacks. Katie brought up how Pokemon games aren't hard. You know, it's it's rock, paper, scissors. Um, once, once you know all the type combinations, I feel like I get overleveled and then I'm just spamming water on fire attacks and so on and so forth. There's not a whole lot of strategy to it in, in the main story, at least. And I feel like that they're at least trying to change that up here. They're adding that strong style, that agile style, so that maybe if you want a stronger attack, you can do that, but then maybe the other Pokemon goes twice in a row because you're a little bit slower now. Um, so there is that added strategy, and I would like to see them lean into that a little bit more because uh, it's it's it changes it up. It adds something a little bit more creative, and, and it actually makes me think more when I am battling. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've had a few like instances where I, I've 
I've like, I like that I had to like think about it. I think it's a little undercooked. Like you said, I kind of want them to delve into it a little more. It feels, yeah. it's it's good. It's a nice, like fresh new thing, but it does feel like there could be a little bit more to it. Um, I think maybe one of the problems is that they got rid of abilities, I think, and like yeah. Pokemon being able to hold items. And in this one, it feels like that would have been actually really cool to have, but maybe they had to act some things. I don't know. Yeah, I, want, I wonder because of the nature of this game, it was a time to experiment, and that's why they did away with that stuff. Like, and also, like some of the status ailment stuff don't does not work the same way anymore. Like, there's no more like sleep right. anymore. It's just drowsy. So it's just, mm-hmm. everything's like a chance now. It's not like no like no guarantees anymore. And they're like basically a lot of the so-called meta Pokemon battling was like toned down in this one to maybe, I want to say maybe simplify it though. I've seen some people be a little bit more confused about this system, but I think it was pretty straightforward, especially when you can bring up the menu to show how anything you did would impact something like, Oh, I did a strong style, but how do I know if they're going twice? Well, it it will show you right there, but like, (laughs) excuse me. I thought, the, the the most digestible was the strong agile thing because of the risk reward, especially like when oh I know my Pokemon's attack is super effective but it won't probably one shot this thing but it's very close let me maybe try strong style and risk one shotting them there and like so they don't take it or agile it's like I could be more strategic if I can take two turns right now with this like this might do something I hadn't intended before and I, I think you're right Katie I I think. There's a lot of good ideas here, and they just need to be further developed a little bit more. Even the simple thing of you can move around in battle as the trainer, and you can get hit. Like, there, there's something probably there as well, but, like, they need to probably add back in a few things. Like, especially, like, having multiple Pokemon battle. I mean, you can fight multiple, multiple Pokemon, but you can't have, like, your double style where two of your yeah. Pokemon are out. Like, that could really change up stuff. Um, and, and the biggest thing for me... Um, well, let me st- stop there and just like like let's go with that for a little while because I have something else I want to talk about. It's kind of related, but I'll, I'll ask that next. Sorry. <laughs> I I was just gonna say like I love that you can like run away before the battle's even done too. Like you're already <laughs> on your way to the next battle. You you throw a Pokemon. Yeah. You're you're in and out of a battle in 15 seconds, and you're already in. It's so. It's yes. so much, it's such a step it's forward. It's seamless. Like yeah. it shocked me sometimes. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like so much better like i can't believe they did that you can also literally run from the battle instead of like waiting yeah. for the turn to be over yeah. you can run and you're out you're gone yeah <laughs> it's, re- awesome. it's really nice to have that and man it is a uh, it's 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 really nice to have um that that seamless nature i'll give credit where credit is due because i don't think this is a very looking game from a technical level but one thing i will i will don't i'm not complaining about that other open world games ha- or open world style games have is that almost instantaneous loading like wait like two three seconds and you load anywhere at any of the the, the points and then yeah that seamless battle nature it just it's, it's a nice change for that i like that it keeps the that that, that brisk pace going when oh, you, yeah. especially when you're doing those activities like oh i saw something over there let's let's finish up here i'm gonna go over here and like it's it's like Oh man, I can't get enough of this. It's so like addictive. <laughs> yeah. The thing I wanted to ask you about, because I want to give you a chance to finish your thought on that, was kind of sort of tied to that is one thing I think the game is missing that was that's been a staple of the of previous games and was a little bit further developed in Sword and Shield to to the possibilities there was uh, the, the 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 multiplayer aspect of this. 
I think there's something missing in this game, like because we're talking about like the gameplay loop and the this, the two of you having so much joy seeing a new Pokemon and the, the the strategy you go into catching a single one. For me, I really thought something that could have heightened the experience for me and really elevated was being able to join up with somebody to either both of us work towards catching something by like we like you throw the smoke bomb while I throw the food to that they like and we teamwork together or just like the Gigantamax battles from like Sword and Shield like fighting those because we have the lords and we have the alphas in here if those could have possibly been I, I summon some like another trainer and the two of us we fight together because it's real time movement. I mean it's starting to go like an MMO style d direction here, but like not really. It's just like cooperative battles would have been a nice mm -hmm. thing to have. I, I, I don't know. Like I think of Monster Hunter because this game to me is so similar more to Monster Hunter than open world or even like Breath of the Wild style like gameplay. And the thing I love about Monster Hunter is the ability to team up with other people to take down a big monster. And while that's not the whole gameplay loop of this, there are definitely moments for that. And I think that's maybe my opinion is I think they should maybe go in that direction next time. Try and work back in multiplayer gameplay mechanics because I, I kind of started to miss them about where I'm at right now. Kind of what you described reminds me of in Sword and Shield when you could team up to fight the, what were they called, the um, Gigantamax or, or whatever those Pokemon were yes. called, where you're not fighting the other trainer, but you're right, you have a shared objective and, and you're working together to do that. I would have loved something like that if we could team up for the Nobles or even the Alphas. Um, I think I would prefer that rather than some multiplayer of just fighting each other. Oh, yeah. um, I think that's worn out worn out by now. I, I don't really do that um, uh, with my friends and other games, the previous Pokemon games, even if they had some kind of multiplayer tie-in where we're plopped in the same region and maybe we're versing each other to see how many Pokemon we can collect in ten minutes or something like that, oh, or who yeah. can okay. who can catch the most, you know, who who can catch the most number of different species in a certain yeah. amount of time. Um, I think those kind of ideas for multiplayer would be yeah. a lot more fun than what we've traditionally had. That could be a cool idea with like randoms too. Like you know how the game yeah. has the satchel yeah. system where you can find the satchels from other players. That'd yep. be kind of cool if you could like come across little areas where you have to challenge other players to. That's a great idea, Rebecca. There, yeah. There's a thing in the game. Um, I forget. It's called like temporal distortion or something. Yeah. It's like that, the space time distortion. I thought. Yeah. I thought that would have been a good idea for like raids or something because i think sword and shield mm. did like raid didn't yes. they have like a raid cave in the dlc or something yes I yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah that would have been a cool idea for that because the temporal thing was like eh, it, was, it was okay it's really just like oh rare pokemon like that's pretty much it yeah yeah because the premise of that is presented in the game is supposed to be like oh you could it's like a risk thing there's a lot of cool things you can get in there in rare pokemon but it's gonna be much higher level than anything else around mm. you like that would have been a perfect opportunity. Like, well, let's go in like, a, like an exploration team and see what we can get out of there together. Mm -hmm. Or it was as simple as like, there's going to be a really strong Pokemon and raid in there. But you're so right too, Rebecca, with those ideas that, that, that that's the way to go. Like, and Nintendo's done simple stuff like that that just like feel like they're geniuses. That's why we call them geniuses sometimes. Like, uh, even like in a, in a Super Mario Odyssey, the, the Luigi's balloon thing, where you hid like thing, like a like you, the, the satchel's already there, but they're kind of like they're marked on your map. What if 
you're one of the challenges I issue you, like, okay, so we're going to start in the first region, and I'm going to hide, like, a, a Pokemon in a certain spot, whatever, and the first one to catch them and find them, or, or like, th like, that, like, yeah, it's, it's literally cool. your yeah, idea, but, yeah, like, yeah. they've, they can come up with that. they've already been yeah. doing this in other games, like, it's, it's there, and then, like, the, yeah. uh, this gets to more, to me, like, the activities in the game, like, for some people, it sounds like it is very satisfying what they have already, but I think there is if they want to appeal to even a broader audience, I think there is more they can do for, for what you do in the moment to moment stuff. If like, I just want to break from catching Pokemon right now and side quests are still gathering stuff. Like I want to do like a fun thing, like a, like the, like the quote unquote mini game style stuff. Like this is kind of like playing a little bit into that as well. Like where are those kind of side attractions? And I respect that this is game freaks first attempt at something like this. And like, just what I said with breath of the wild, it was important for them to get the, the things that mattered right first and to identify what is what what people really want out of these games before going like trying too much at once probably would have made, diluted this experience and made it a little bit worse for a lot of people. So I think they made the right call. But going forward, I would like to see some of these ideas you brought up like absolutely incorporated into the next attempt at this. <laughs> I guess my question kind of is, is the, you know, seeing what you've played so far, the lessons this game has learned, what, what, what would you like to see return from this in, in future games? And do you think this, 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 should this be the future for mainline games or do you, or do you see like things from the other, I don't like separate them because they, they label this as a mainline series entry, but obviously people are going to differentiate between Arceus and then every other gen title, mainline gen titles come out because they're not structured like this. So we'll call it like the gen structure, like the the the, the gym leader battle stuff. Like, is there anything from that you think would still benefit this type of game? Like, is there like a path forward where some of the best ideas maybe from both come together? Like, what are the things you'd like to see going forward? That That's yeah. actually... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead, Katie. Oh, I that's think actually what I was going to say is I think this is like the blueprint for the best pokemon game ever it's missing a lot like i said the world is empty there are no towns other than the one which is uh, but like it didn't bother me too much but like if you can take what you have here and add in certain elements from the older ones you know towns more variety and stuff to do like i think you used to be able to do like a you know like the pokemon fashion show or like the underground like exploration things. I'm not like super well versed in everything the series has done, but yeah, it's done a little more than this. And um, I think if you took certain elements from those older games and like maybe may, like where's a random trainer battle? I know I said I don't like battles, but like, you know, a lot it, of people do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm OK with pleasing them. Like it's like there you, you there were no um, I think there are no at all random trainer battles in which kind of makes sense because you're filling out the first like ever pokedex but like for the future like imagine in this open world you can also come across trainers you have to avoid to fight and stuff like that just sprinkle in some of those older elements and i think you've got the perfect mix personally yeah i i completely agree with that and i think they almost wrote it into the story why there aren't random trainer battles at this point in history people are afraid of pokemon they yeah. don't know how to battle with them yet they're just learning what this is all about and you're kind of paving the way for that they wrote that into the story i think just so that would make sense um 
I almost see it the other way around of what you just described, Katie, where they take the ideas from this and put it into the next generation. So take what works here and maybe each region that we have, um, like the Obsidian Fieldlands or whatever, is like a route in the game that leads to the next town okay. where then you have your your gym battle and, you know, kind of what you see in a traditional game. Mm. Maybe throughout that route, and it doesn't have to be, I think, as big. I think it could still be a linear kind of route uh, where you have trainers and, you know, you have different types of Pokemon in each area and it's the same kind of catching mechanic um, where you can fill it out that way and you can still catch a bunch of them, whatever. Um, but we have those same mechanics through the eyes, I guess, of a traditional Pokemon game until you finally get, you know, your gym badges, until you get to your Elite Four. So I guess kind of taking what we have now and making it like a seamless game. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. sense. No, yeah, okay. that, that definitely makes sense. Um, you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned something about the premise being woven into the story. I know we, did, we didn't talk about it, so now we're talking about like the future, but I, I kind of want to ask this real quick. The, the concept that every Pokemon game has been about, like, oh, Pokemon and people live in harmony and we love each other and, like, we've been, like, doing this forever. And, like, this game kind of, like, no, Pokemon are terrifying. Like, did you appreciate that <laughs> at the, just doing a different thing where Pokemon are, like, scary? Like, people are afraid of them. I even mentioned the difficulty a little bit. It kind of goes with the game. Like, this game isn't the most difficult, but definitely pushes back more, I feel, than any recent entry in the series, for sure. I think I appreciated it definitely like I didn't pay too much attention to the story I've never been super oh, into the fine. Pokemon game stories but like from a gameplay perspective I love that like like a freaking like Parasect is going to try to hyper beam <laughs> it just it, to me that adds like so much excitement to it so I, 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 I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I do appreciate that they're trying something a little bit different here, and I think part of why they made that the story is to explain a lot of the limitations that they had here. Um, uh, but it, I think it, it adds some realism to the world in a way because it would make sense that in this in these ancient times with these huge alpha Pokemon, you know, they don't have a lot of technology. They're a small settlement it would make sense that they're terrified of it. It's believable. I think, imagine if Pokemon were real in our real life and you have this giant crab type thing hyper beaming you, you would be afraid of it too. We don't have, you know, the capability to deal with that, but um, I like it. I like that they're trying different things. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I like how kind of like dark it was in the beginning where like the, the captain was like threatening you, like you got to prove yourself, otherwise I'm gonna throw you out in the wild where you yeah. might die. It's like, you uh -huh. can die. <laughs> I, like, I love that all of your Pokemon team can faint and die or whatever, but you can still keep going. You don't black yep. out. The first time that happened to me, yes. I'm like, oh, guess I'm going back. I've blacked out, and then it's like, oh, you have no Pokemon left to fight. Good luck. Go run away. Yeah. <laughs> and you can still make it. Like if you go get you the stuff make to make it. a revive or you know, teleport, then yeah, you can make it. Like, I thought that amazing. was amazing. Cool. <laughs> I have two last small things I want to ask you about. First, we didn't really talk about this at all. Um, I know it's related to combat. The uh, the noble battle, the frenzy noble battles, the the structure of how they play out, um, the ones that you have encountered and done so far, um, like the glowing yellow ones, the ones that are struck by lightning. Um, like, are, were you enjoying those? Did you do 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 you like what they were doing with those types of encounters, or are there any faults you found in them that you wish they would have done differently? 
I've only done a couple of them so far. Um, I assume that they're all probably pretty similar. I didn't use Pokemon to battle them at all. I just threw the bombs at them and avoided their attacks. I feel like that's gonna get pretty repetitive. I like the idea a lot. I like that you can choose to battle them if you want it to go a little faster or if you're not so good at dodging the attacks. I don't know. I think those probably are, are a weak point, especially considering that they're supposed to be a boss battle. Um, I'm sure they get harder. I don't know. I, I wasn't impressed by the ones that I've done so far. I, I think it's an interesting idea, like like a Pokemon boss battle. Um, I, I'm like you. I have not I did not use my Pokemon until like the fourth one. So it, it is very much just like I'm I mashed the button to throw those things and Yeah. I, but at the same time, I don't know how they would do it. Like, how do you balance like Pokemon battling with like the energy of like a quick, big boss battle? So I don't know how much better it could have been, but you're right. It's definitely one of the less exciting parts of the game. Yeah, especially what the two of you said, it sounds like it kind of like echoes my sentiment where they were supposed to be this really big payoff and they are interesting and intriguing, but I feel like they aren't adding anything too exciting for me. The, because like I under, like understood like oh like you can battle them, but I someone who, me who does like Pokemon battles, I stop battling them after the first like the second one. I'm like I'm just gonna try just throwing the bombs the whole time. Like yeah, why would I battle this thing? Like this it does. I understand the, the literally why you can you can get opportunities to spam more like faster or something in, in a window where they're like stunned for a little bit, but. Beside that point, I didn't feel the need to do that because they they're, they're supposed they didn't really satisfy the challenge. And even through the fourth one, I understand there are harder ones later, and there's a whole post game thing as well that like is more challenging. But through the like the main game, I felt I was more threatened by some of the remedial encounters out in the wild at times mm. when I was like quite prepared right. for something than any of those um, any of those uh, noble encounters and as we talked about earlier I kind of would have preferred I hope they just maybe do something different unless they have another cool creative idea they want to try out I'd almost like prefer like the the, the sword and shield raid style, style battle for that like maybe you do need to team up for someone for a boss battle or it's where you're going to need to use multiple Pokemon and like that dynamic is going to be very important towards your success or not like something that like maybe invokes like the feeling you get when you fight the elite four i know there's something similar supposedly later but getting into that earlier would probably be my desire like that level of challenge that level of like maybe spectacle and intensity because the first mm -hmm. one i was a little nervous I'm like okay i gotta dodge in real time what is this and like oh it's not so bad really is it it's it's mm -hmm. fine isn't it, it I'm, I'm gonna be okay we're good and it kind of went from there i'm like oh these aren't so bad whatsoever so didn't they do something similar in sun and moon it's been a while with like I've the totem played, pokemon i feel like maybe i didn't play sun and moon i could quickly look it okay. up but that's my there was something spot. similar i think where I, it felt remember, like it was a boss type pokemon there weren't remember. gym battles it was like trials and you did like a variety of like different stuff, maybe. I remember there was totems, but I couldn't remember what like was oh, special yeah. about those battles. Yeah, I don't either. <sighs> but you're right though. I think that they could they could tweak this and I don't think it's a bad idea. I think there's, you know, the footing's not quite there yet for the, for what that uh, boss battle type is. Token, uh, sorry, totem Pokemon, variant, variant Pokemon that are battled at the end of every trial. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I see how this is a little bit different. I remember they were like they were tough. They yeah. were like a tough Pokemon battle. 
Yeah, yeah, they get like special boost and stuff, and like it's multiple like phase. Okay, yeah, yeah, this is definitely. I wasn't familiar with these, just educating myself okay. on them. But um, let me ask you this to keep us back on track with uh with Arceus here. Um, getting a little bit back to the the looking towards the future. For me, I felt like this game had some quality of life issues. That there are definitely some things they could address to make the just the general experience a little bit better. A lot of it revolved around menus and interfaces for me. But I'm kind of curious, was there any, any kind of quality of life related things that maybe you would like to see them do something differently in the future or that we found problematic? Or was everything pretty much, you know, did it work out for you? Or is there nothing really that glaring? I, as somebody who has put a lot of hours into Animal Crossing New Horizons, I appreciate that I was able to craft in bulk and craft from my storage and not have to have everything on hand. So I'm glad that they got that part right. Um, I never felt like it was really annoying to do things. Um, I think that the, I know this is, does probably doesn't count as quality of life, but I think that the pop-in is a huge problem. The, mm. um, the frame rate, is a huge problem uh we, we probably shouldn't be having issues like that at this point i don't know yeah there's a yeah there's one in particular i can think of you have to um unlock the ability to release more than one pokemon at once like you like obviously you can do the thing where when your pastures are full you can release the pokemon and you get rewarded for it and you have to get far enough into the story or something to be able to do more than one i'm like no, 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 Pokemon. No, I forgot no, no. about that. Yeah, that's. There, it's just there's no reason for why. There's no reason. No reason. Oh, I think I think Sword and Shield had something similar where you could like, you had to unlock an audio option or something like that. It was the it was the option to be able to like change your audio settings. Yeah. It was something like that. It was bad. Oh, gosh, I forgot I about that. that. For, for yeah, that that one, yeah, that's a little mind boggling. For, yeah, and and for me to add on to the both of your things is the side quest tracking. Like it will show you when you've completed something. Like you've actually turned it in. It gives you the check on it. But, but any of your active ones, like you can manually set it to your active one. But like it doesn't show you. Most of them don't even show you like the status on it. It's like can you just give me a little bit more options for tracking this a little bit better because. I feel like because you earlier you were saying Katie about you never felt like you really need like you're dreading the game was to be about looking at your Pokedex all the time. For me, when it came to some of the side quests, that's what it did become. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh no, now I have to look at my Pokedex and like, why mm -hmm. is it just like on screen or something? Or just give me a notification when I complete on screen, quest complete, or just like go turn it in or just something <laughs> just like indicate that's it's true. ready to go. They really also needed to be able to see completed side quests on the map even if you're oh, not tracking them yes like you have to you. track one right. to yes. know where to yes. go with one like just have all those little dots appear where they are like it doesn't you don't have to do it that I mean, way oh yeah that and, was uh, bad to bring yeah. up something we talked about at the very beginning there are even ways because people worry about like uh, bloat like you know overwhelming like the mini map or the full map with like too many symbols because like you think of like i don't know if how familiar with like a ubisoft open world game sometimes there's like 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 oh my what am i looking at here there's so many markers yeah, on here yeah. but like final fantasy 14 <laughs> like they can you like they cap it at five active things at once you go over that like it starts filtering them out so you're not overwhelmed and you just pick what you want you like so if i could set multiple one of those at the very least and like it'll always show those on the map where to go like how to track them turn them in like even a half measure like that 
I would have taken something like that. At least the ones I've completed. Mm. Just show yeah. like the right. ones I so because all I have to do at that point is turn it in. That's fine. That's not overwhelming for me. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the so other basic. thing I. I yeah, I wish that um, there at least was a little mini-map as well, you had said. There's no little mini-map, I think, on the screen at one time oh, that yeah. we could toggle on or off. I found myself kind of, <laughs> yeah, I found myself opening and closing the map a lot, and I I don't know if I'm the only one who did this, but I always forget which button is the map button. There's no pause button, and there were many times that I pressed the plus button, thinking, okay, I need to go pause it real quick, mm -hmm. go do something, come back, and, like, I'm dead because I didn't hit the pause button. I hit the ride <laughs> Pokemon instead. Yeah. Um, so I think the that part of it just didn't feel very natural for me. Um, also, the fact that I can't use a ride Pokemon in the village, I felt like it was so slow to cross the whole village to like get to the farm area or the the trading post area. Um, maybe that's just me being lazy, but <laughs> it I don't felt know like about I'm, you, Rebecca, I'm moving but I at a roll. slow pace. I would roll too. Yeah, I'm like, I know this isn't making it faster, but like, I'm embracing my psychological effect, dopamine right? link like yeah. in Ocarina of Time. It's roll Ocarina everywhere. of Time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, there are just like so many small things that I think that just add up in that game, and the uh, you you nailed a, a bunch of the big ones that I had as well, and hopefully they address them. Oh, the, the last one I had was uh, you couldn't. Even, uh, I was going to say Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild let me at least toggle the, the sprint and jump button from, like, well, the two they were. I desperately needed that because what the crouch button was and what the roll button was for me was flipped from most every other action game mm. I ever played. So I was always like, I need to roll away. Hit the crouch mm -hmm. button. I'm like, no! Yes, I do that too. I'm going to get yeah, hit yeah, now. Yeah. I'm so sad. <laughs> oh. The uh, button mapping did feel yeah. very in unintuitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially with a game like this, this would have been like the time to experiment, like see what people want for their input selection, and uh, if you really want to like keep it a little bit more like a uh, like formulaic going forward, you know, get that input now. But it's also been kind of like a weakness of Nintendo in general. Like a lot of their games just don't have that. I know they have the system. Yes, listeners and viewers, I know Switch has a system wide thing, and you could save profiles. But like, I shouldn't have to. You do shouldn't that. have to. I shouldn't be able to do it in the game. Like, I really wish I just do that. But yes, um, a lot of a lot of improvements they could possibly make to 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 finesse and massage that experience. What about the the music? I actually really like the music that I heard in this game. Um, and I'm not sure if either of you really enjoyed it or even really noticed it. Like, it was another argument for me about why I like games that have kind of like thematic things at play, especially like during day and night or different circumstances, the themes change versus the more ambient nature. It felt like a nice balance to me as opposed to something like a, a Breath of the Wild, which opted for way more ambience than like music in your face. But I, I don't know, did you enjoy the soundtrack? Did you like how they presented it in, in, in Arceus? Well, one thing I, I really liked were the battle themes in this one. And then uh, someone I was talking to pointed out, they're like, you know, they're just the battle themes from Diamond and Pearl, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess they are. Okay. They're good remixes though, at the very least. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I feel like I I like the, the ambient kind of music as well um, when, when I'm catching it uh, or like going through the, 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 you know, just going about whatever I'm doing with catching Pokemon. Um, I don't know. I feel like I haven't even noticed the music too much. I've liked it. I like the town music. 
Yeah. Um, I do notice. I do notice some familiar Diamond and Pearl music. There's one that plays at night that I've noticed a lot. Um, it's when things are starting to get like really kind of like, I think it's late at night and it gets really peaceful out. And then it plays this kind of almost like Animal Crossing like track. For me personally, that didn't really vibe. I, I didn't feel that because I don't know, like there's there's like it's like you're in the wilderness. It, it just didn't work for me as well. Per personally, I was thinking I was playing Animal Crossing rather than <laughs> like an open world, like, you know, immersive kind of experience true yeah I, li I like the village music the most i think i guess i spent a lot of time there so i was like just glad they got that theme right <laughs> and, and, and sounded well um but yeah i mean th there's definitely an advantage to also like letting the ambience kind of like just like seep in and like set the tone because the nature of this game is about like being very slow paced at times like methodical about catching both as both of you described your experience of catching pokemon in 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 the wilderness it would be like if it was like blasting some like really like intense like action music or something there or even yeah. like a bombastic orchestral work. theme it's like uh, that doesn't really go so i think they were kind of for the most part smart obviously like with that late night one maybe it didn't like match up as well with like tonally with what they were trying to what they were showing versus what you were hearing. But I mean, also at the same time, now you mentioned Animal Crossing, man. Animal Crossing's like themes. So sorry, so good. <laughs> uh, I love, love all this so much. Um, yeah, I guess the, like uh, anything else, because so we, we moved on a little bit a while ago from like where Pokemon should go from here. Cause I kind of, I felt like I kind of cut it off a little bit to cover a few other things, but is there anything else about where the future of the series should be going that you think, you know, lessons that should be learned from this or any other things that we didn't cover from uh you know that that that, that topic because I, I hope i didn't cut it off too soon i feel like we um like there was a lot of like criticism um which i really like that we brought up that because that was something i wasn't thinking about as much um but like like i said i really love 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 the game and i wanted to i just wanted to bring up something that i hope gets continued going forward is like there's so many RPGs I've played where like options available to you and resources kind of feel almost useless. Like it went like compared to just like, I don't know, like just brute forcing something or something like that. And Nintendo has that problem. So for sure, like, you know, a Zelda game where you get an item and then you only use it in that dungeon, you never use it again, something like that. But for me, this game, I was impressed by like how much weight everything had to it. Like it genuinely feels like you need to craft like the crafting is very beneficial. Like, like I would actually find myself sometimes without the crafting materials I needed. Like I would be actually excited to make more like lead in balls because I knew it would give me advantage with the Pokemon or like the resources actually felt like they mattered. And I know you guys brought up, like you hated that the, you had to pay money to uh, expand your inventory. I personally liked that money actually felt useful for once in a Pokemon game. Like I actually was low on money a lot. And I was like, everything just genuinely feels like it actually matters here. Like I can't just, I can't just chuck ultra balls like crazy or something like that. Like I actually have to think a little, I have to use the things that are available to me. It, it, it all comes down for the gameplay loop for me. I just think the gameplay loop is the reason the game is so good. Cause it actually feels like all this stuff genuinely matters. That's a good point because I feel like in a typical Pokemon game, I could buy 
40 Pokeballs and get through the whole game with that. But in this game, I can craft 40 of them and I'll be through that in 10 minutes. Uh And crafting, it's more interesting. It's it's more interesting to have to like go out there and get to me to, you know, to go out there and get it. And sometimes you're getting it along the way. And Mm -hmm. yeah. I very much agree with that. I felt like besides like the different direction of this game, that the fact that so much of that was important to the experience this time around that it was such a different change of pace because as you said your point about brute forcing literally katie for for me and pokemon mainline games that is like the name of the game i yeah the yeah. first six pokemon i get we're going let's do this like my uh-huh. starter pokemon you are my ace in the hole you're gonna one shot everything i don't care if you're not the right type and you're not very effective you're just so over leveled we are gonna just yeah. barrel through everything and until the elite four and then i finally have to try it's like this was it's nice. unfortunately the easiest way to play the game too like every other mm-hmm. pokemon game i got my charmander He's a Charizard, and I just use Charizard <laughs> for 80% of the game and just spam yep. Flamethrower. And it, it, uh, if it's a water Pokemon, uh, Iron Claw or so, you know, some other move, whatever, Slash. And that's it. That's the whole game like, yeah. until the Elite Four. I appreciate so much how this game, for the first time in a long time, made me feel very not just incentivized, but like the, the, the strong desire to constantly, when I was catching new Pokemon, to... I want to change out my team. I, I feel like I need to change my team every so often and like just wanted to. It wasn't like just necessity. It was like I felt that desire and I really had not felt that in, in a while. I found myself like, you know, trying out different Pokemon and having teams. I'm like, I would probably never have ever done this in a mainline game. And it, it was just nice to have that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... Is there anything else about Pokemon Legend Arceus or just Pokemon in general you wanted to share before we uh, wrap up here? I feel like uh, you've, you've both given me a lot to think about with your perspectives. Like, I, I really appreciate the two of your perspectives about this game because it is like kind of challenged a little bit of what I thought like as well. And like I like that about that, like having a different opinion than what I had. It was really nice to hear that. I was kind of falling in, falling out of love with Pokemon. I skipped Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which was like the first one I had skipped in a long, long time. But this revitalized it for me. I loved it. <laughs> I really like the characters in this game. I feel like in some of the more recent games, the characters have annoyed me more than anything. But I'm really into, um, you know, the clan leaders and... All of them. I think they're cool. I think, and I know that they're based on, you know, they're the ancestors of of a lot of the Diamond and Pearl characters. But I, I like them a lot. <laughs> do you think that has something to maybe do with the but possibly are fewer? I think people are saying there's fewer characters focused on in this game, so maybe they get more like time to have a little bit more development. Or that's true. It could be. Okay. It could be. Yeah. It's a smart and I decision. Feel like they have... so. Yeah. yeah, and they, they, I don't know, I feel like they're more three-dimensional, like they have relationships with each other, and it, it seems like they, they just have like a lot, a lot more going on than just being like, oh, it's your rival, and they're annoying, and I don't know, I think that that they're cool. Yeah. They're cool design, too. I like how Yeah, I like look. that some of them don't get along, too. That was kind of interesting mm-hmm. to me, like the two, like you said, the two clan leaders, like, like oh, that's kind of new. Yeah, I like that. They they felt more, as you said, they like had more of a personality and felt more human, because they were sharing like you know both their like hopes but also like their their weaknesses and their vulnerabilities with you a lot of the time about you know uh the 
one of the leaders like she was just like i'm young and like i was like worried about you know not like living up to these expectations and then the the other one seems so confident he's like by the way we were also having trouble with our lord as well we just want to like it was like like they're they're people like it's like okay it's i mean it's not the greatest writing but like it was definitely for me a step up from what they've been doing and like mm-hmm. that's something i hope they keep doing as well rebecca because it I, didn't feel as corny as mm-hmm. some of the other ones do yeah. i know people yeah. like some of the like the, the, the it becomes mimi at a point with some of the like the old characters but this definitely feels like uh, maybe it just like it feels like it's finally pokemon's maturing a little bit <laughs> i don't know like that's that's the best way to put it it's just like feels like it's not maybe just aimed at like kids anymore i mean never really that's never been the sole focus of it but like it's definitely been an accusation stone around and i think you can't really say that about arceus and like at all like it's definitely if anything (laughs) very curious how people have young kids how they're actually enjoying arceus especially some Mm. of the the changes in real time stuff if they're able to they're enjoying it and stuff because that would also be great feedback for game freak and the pokemon company be like you're you're underestimating your 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 fan base especially your younger fan base like they do want these types of things so like the going back to the sales my last thing i'll say is that i think the sales are indicative of that two things one there is demand for this and there's a huge demand for this type of game in this direction and two the the whole power of like dual releases maybe it was overstated like that two versions like maybe people weren't always like maybe there's some more analysis as we go into that about like the structure of that because I know people are like oh there's in two versions like maybe they don't need to do that anymore maybe that is not that that would be a thing that would be so in wow if they stopped doing two dual releases like that I mean that'd be yeah. a big milestone I don't know if that impacts anything at all but like just just the it's more of a mentality i think that some fans have like it's because it's a single release this isn't a normal pokemon game it's not like there's there were my two versions again like this is this is not normal i'm like well i mean this might be your new normal like and it's you know it's different but like it might be better just you know give it a chance i think and as you said for all its faults i think they would be crazy not to come back to this and either incorporate a lot of what you said into future entries or take this as a blueprint for making an even like taking this even a step further and new games become something even a little bit more quote unquote evolved <laughs> than, than, than this. And, uh, I think I'm, I you know I'm just sorry. I got to ask this. I'm just shocked this even exists because like what incentive do they ever have to do this? Because these games sell so much. Yeah, they do yeah. so well. Pokemon's the biggest like media property in the, in the, on planet earth. And why would they ever have to do this despite like any criticisms? Like, I just want to know why they did this because like, I feel like it flies in the face of so many people's beliefs with Game Freak that they'll never do this. What reason do they have to do this? Their games sell well and like this exists. I'm just, uh, that alone is why I'm so excited about this and its possibilities. You're right, they don't need to, because Pokemon is always a huge, it's a system seller. They never had to stray from their formula. It was going to sell, you know, those of us who grew up with it and, you know, it has such a stronghold on us. 
we were going to buy it anyway, and we have been. So you're right, they didn't need to do this. I wonder if, and I know there have been lots of comparisons to Breath of the Wild and whatnot with this game, and I know it's so different from Breath of the Wild, but I almost wonder if, if there was some pressure because of Breath of the Wild and so many other similar games that have been popping up because of that, um, if they felt a little bit pressure to, okay, well, can we make Pokemon have some inspiration from this as well? Yeah. I mean, I think that's be. a distinct possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I think it was it could be that as it definitely could be that I mean and seeing like I think the simplest answer I don't mean to be like the cynical one is like this is going to be in addition to all the other games they're going to be doing so it's like we just made another be. hit series like fans you can call this a mainline entry but like you're still getting the next gen and it's going to be traditional style games and then you're going to get this two years and sequel this two years later and like we just have another cash cow on our hands but at the same time <laughs> I want to believe that like they take pride in their work and after some point like they've been trying so much to 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 make pokemon better in their own way and maybe they were like we've had enough we want to try doing something let us have the freedom to try something a little bit different let's see where it goes and like even though game freak is not nintendo i think some of that nintendo dna that's why they're so partnered together i think that still exists over there and that that, that ambition to be games first and to appease to people who play games and to be innovative i think that i my hope is that one out finally that they're like let's go ambitious with this and 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 it's even if it's just going to be another supplementary series on top of all the other mainline entries and, and spin-offs they do it's a win if these keep continuing to happen in my opinion and you could yeah. argue that they were already kind of trying it with sword and shield like mm -hmm. they might have been testing the waters because they had that wild area mm -hmm. like the big open You're area right. where you could actually see the pokemon yeah. walking around that might have been them kind of experimenting with the idea that led to getting their feet legends. wet with it yeah, right yeah. i think that's absolutely yeah. what they were doing with that mm -hmm. wild area very very rational conclusion to make and as we saw sword and shield just became the second best-selling pokemon game of all time and they're seeing those numbers and they're like, what if we push that a little harder next, like with like Arceus and like, as I said, you brought up the Breath of the Wild comparison, like within the Zelda series sales, Breath of the Wild is like this head and shoulders above anything else with the, the sales numbers. So like in Pokemon terms, they're like, what can be bigger than our best selling Pokemon game? What is the best chance of doing that? A similar style game in that vein. And we saw that with Short and Shield to kind of back up a little bit. Let's take that further. So I think, yeah, mm -hmm. you're, you're very right, Rebecca, with that line of thinking. I think that's probably it. And a little bit, hopefully, like the pride things are probably hopefully there too. Well, they're like they're enjoy the success and build upon it. And uh, can't wait to see what that uh, the next Pokemon Legends entry is going to be. And uh, probably, probably. I will say if they do another Legends where they're, you know, diving into the history of like an ancient region that already exists, I would love for them to do Johto next because I think there's a lot there with like mm -hmm. the Burn Tower and yes. the legendary dogs and yes. Ho-Oh and Lugia. And I would love to see an ancient Johto and do the same thing there and get all of that lore and story and bits and pieces there. I'm, I completely agree. I'm with you. I'm, <laughs> That's I'm, my I'm, favorite. I'm, I'm, I would, I, really hope that is it yeah <laughs> thank you both of you for joining me on this episode of friend code um before we sign off here um we have some shout outs for the month of february 2022 these are our top tier patrons at the highest tier um so shout outs to elthanis greg the dark knight kettering 
Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick, and Raymond Wheeler III. Shout out. Thank you so much for your support on patreon.com slash easy allies. Um, and before we head out here, um, where can our listeners and viewers check out more of your work or follow you if they want to want to see more? Um, Katie. Uh, you can find me over at Chrono Katie, one word, uh, on YouTube and uh, Twitter. I do every now and then I do a gaming related video on YouTube and on my Twitter, I post gaming related posts and fashion outfits, sometimes based on video games. And they're really awesome. They are. Oh. <laughs> um what about you rebecca yes so i'm mostly over at twitter i also stream on twitch uh both of those places you can find me at forest minish awesome well again and thank she's really awesome yes yes <laughs> yes, Thanks, yes, yes 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 <laughs> check follow both of them like if, you, if this conversation hasn't convinced you i don't know what else is because like it's been an absolute pleasure um, hearing your perspective from uh, on this game and been like just enjoyed like the positivity that two of you were having at moments is like <laughs> man like that's this is I like seeing the tangible reason why people are loving this game was like really nice to, to see and, and experience so thank you so much for taking time out of your busy weekends to, to record this with me um, and hopefully we will see you again in the in the, in the future we'll be glad to have you on again and uh, until thank you so much for inviting oh, us on yeah, thank you're you very, you're very thank welcome you. And until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.